You're listening to the iRacers Lounge Podcast, where we discuss everything iRacing in a casual setting. Enjoy. Welcome to the iRacers Lounge. I'm your host, Mike Ellis. iRacers Lounge is a podcast for the iRacer, where we talk all things iRacing in a casual setting. Joining me are the usual characters, Mason Stiver. Hey, guys. Tony Groves. Evening, gentlemen. And special guest, Adam Thompson. Hey, guys. Hey, welcome. Today's special guest brought to you by Sim Lab Racing Sim Products. Sim Lab provides a quality sim racing chassis to suit your sim racing needs. Check them out at sim-lab.eu or search them on Facebook. All right, let's talk to Adam. Uh, first question I want to ask is uh, what brought you to uh, iRacing and, and how did you first hear the word iRacing? When did you first hear hear it and what did you do about it? Awesome, man. Well, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it, you guys. And my heart's still pounding from that race. That was crazy. But yeah, um, iRacing, um, you know, I, I couldn't really put together how, when and how it all came together. But, uh, you know, I had been watching some YouTube videos and and um, had, you know, I, Clint Boyer, I grew up with him. I know we've talked about that before, but, you know, he started... Uh, dirt cars were sponsored by iRacing, and so I decided to sign up and try it out, and it was awesome. I mean, I just, I couldn't get enough of it. You know, I was playing just on a desktop, you know, computer, had my wheel mounted to the desk, and, you know, started playing like that for, for a little while. I only pl- probably played for a month or two, and then I ended up having an accident where I fractured my spine, and I was out for a couple years. And then here recently, about three months ago, is, you know, when I got back in into it and really starting to take it as serious as possible. All right. And uh, you reached out to me a while back, and uh, I'm in Phoenix, you're in Phoenix, and uh, I invited you over to check out my rig. And uh, what did you think when you first saw my setup, and, you know, what were you thinking at that point? Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking I was behind the the eight ball in that deal. That that setup you have is impressive and uh, super awesome. And I was like, I if I'm gonna do this the right way, I'm gonna have to go all in like Mike. I and I appreciate you having me over and letting me check it out. It's it's something else. I I can't believe it. All right. And then uh, I had you over recently to try the new wheel, uh, the direct drive. Uh, what was your uh, initial impressions of that compared to what you have? You know. Uh, <laughs> We talked about this. It, it, it's interesting because I'm very used to my setup. So when you jump on someone else's setup, it's, you know, completely different. The feel's different. You know, you use the triple monitors. I'm using VR. Um, it, for me, it was uncomfortable because I wasn't used to it, if that makes any sense. Um, I'm used to my wheel. But your wheel, I mean, the, the wheel's awesome. It's epic. And I'd love to get one. Uh, I think it's just a matter of getting my own stuff and getting used to how it all works. Because right now I'm running the G29 wheel, uh, the pedals, the shifter, and I'm just really accustomed to that setup right now. All right, so let's talk a bit about that. You got the that wheel set up with the pedals, and then you're running VR. Which VR do you have, and how's your computer? And are you running anything else, like third-party software? Yeah, no, that's a great question. I'm running the uh, Oculus Rift S, and then I have a I have a BenQ 35 inch ultra wide monitor that um, you know I use it if I need to, but I 
pretty much stuck with uh, the VR. Um, you know, I'm not a computer guy, but I got one of those Alienware Dell computers. It's probably way more than I need, but I didn't. I wanted to do it right. So um, the VR, I love my VR. Um, it once in a while it gets a little scary. Um, it was crazy the other night. I was running Talladega race, and you know we're so tight and going so fast that you can't have any slip ups. And literally, I was sitting in my my seat and I twist my neck just to pop it you know kind of stretch out and the tracking went off and all of a sudden i'm sitting in the passenger seat of this car at 200 miles an hour and you know obviously i have a button preset that i can hit that recenters me but man that's that's scary at 200 miles an hour because you know you know how quick you can ruin a race at talladega yeah absolutely so well i it ended up inviting you to be on the team, uh, Team Tafosi, and you uh, accepted. And uh, it's kind of neat to have a rookie, uh, so to speak, or you're new to iRacing, uh, on the team because it gives us a fresh perspective. And, uh, um, you know, you're, you're currently running uh, the NASCAR iRacing series with us, uh, pretty much bottom split, but you've been gaining some iRating uh, lately. Uh, what do you, how, how's that going, and what else are you running besides NIS? Yeah, you know, I I didn't really know, I guess, there's a bit of a game you have to play when you're racing in the sim, and when you're in the bottom split like me and you're a rookie, you get a lot of guys that are on here playing for fun, which is great, I get it, you know, kids or adults don't want to take it as serious as some of us, but what happens is I was up front trying to compete for wins and always getting taken out. So I had to learn to really slow down, take a deep breath. A lot of times ride in the back, not focus on eye rating, not focus on safety rating and just do my thing. Let people crash out, do their deal and then work my way towards the front. And when I really started changing how I was doing things, you know, I think my eye rating has gone up 600 points in the last two or three weeks. Obviously, we can look at my stats and, and know for sure, but it's gone up a lot. I'm almost at 1,300. Um, so, yeah, everything seems to be going in the right direction for me. Um, like I said, it's just really about slowing things down, taking it easy. You know, you're never going to win. They always say you're never going to win on the first lap, and you're not. And so I'm just taking my time. You told me. Stop focusing on I rating. Stop focusing on safety rating. And that stuff will start climbing if you, you quit focusing on it. And you're right. It, it's definitely climbed a lot. Yeah. And I think you being in team speak with us when we're racing uh, gives you a per different perspective than you had before, maybe on how to go through these races, right? Yeah, totally. And, and yeah, I appreciate all the information. And, you know, we were racing at T Talladega yesterday and one of the guys gave me some advice and, and it worked. He's right. And so it's great having people to lean on. And I'm sure I ask all the normal dumb questions the new guy, you know, asks. But you guys are you've been very patient. You work with me. I appreciate it. Um, it's it's a lot of fun. All right. Very good. Now, uh, we always ask, what's your most memorable moment in iRacing so far? Yeah, man. I, you know, so I, I was trying to think about that. Uh, yeah, I haven't done, uh, been doing this very long, obviously. And I think there are a couple moments stick out to me right now with this last three months. And um, that was my third place finish yesterday at Talladega. I actually got a fifth place today in the open. That was cool. But um, I'd say third place yesterday was 
probably my favorite. It made me feel like, you know, I'm finally starting to get somewhere. I'm getting top five finishes, which is awesome. Uh, you were watching the other night, uh, last, I don't know, was it Sunday or Saturday and I was racing and almost pulled off a first place finish. So, you know, I just, those, those moments are awesome and they just keep you pumped up and keep you coming back for more. Yeah. You need to get your eye rating where it, belongs and you know you're a good driver and you you're going to be in a higher split for sure um you know based on what i've seen so uh keep working at it and uh yeah you're doing a great job there tell us uh when you when you set up iRacing, racing uh, when you uh, you pick a car number and that's what it shows uh you know when you're in a hosted or unofficial race uh what's your favorite car number or preferred car number and why you know i a struggle with the number. So when I, I, I was, I'm a retired police officer. My badge number was 571 and obviously I'm not going to use three numbers. So I've always, I've been using 71 here and there, but I always go back to the 14 and right now that's just cause Clint Boyer's running the 14. And, and, uh, so I tend to use that a lot and I don't know, I haven't settled on what I think I, my official number. I think if I could pick would probably be 71 just because of my old badge number. Okay, very good. And, uh, you know, you're kind of jumping in this NASCAR iRacing series here in the middle of the season. What's your goals uh, going forward as we look into the new year? Yeah, you know, my goal right now is just to get my A license, uh, like you said, continue to get that I rating up. So I'm getting in better splits. I'm with better drivers because you definitely got to be around better drivers to get better yourself. And I want to be challenged and... So yeah, it's it's about getting my class A uh and hopefully competing the entire season next year and we'll see where that all shakes out. Ultimately ultimately I would love to race in the peak series, but you know, hey, let's not get ahead of ourselves here. Uh we can all dream and we'll see what you know, we'll see what happens the next few years. It, it's great to have goals and hear that kind of thing after watching uh the peak race and we'll talk about that next here. Uh, but thanks, Adam, for coming on and coming on the team. Uh, we certainly appreciate your uh, perspective and uh, look forward to you winning some races with us. Well, I appreciate it. I appreciate you guys having me on and taking the time uh, to work with me and teach me and guide me and all those good things. And I look forward to racing with all of you. And, you know, if you guys want to follow me, I'm on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. I have a YouTube page. I'm hoping to start streaming one of these days, but one thing at a time here, you know, I got to figure out how to get all that set up. Yeah, we got some streamers on this team that can uh, help you along with that. Um, but yeah, get on social media and uh, find find Adam Thompson. All right, well, let's uh, move forward. Uh, we talked about the peak race. This recording happens literally uh, after the checkered flag. Uh, so let's talk about it. I think all four of us watched it. Um, First of all, we had uh, the build-up. It was pretty good. Uh, we saw a lot of social media presence from NASCAR and Peak and um, iRacing. Uh, there were some video, uh, promo videos, you know, promoting the four guys running for the, the championship and that kind of thing. Uh, we even saw one driver uh, that's in the below the 20th spot looking for face uh looking on facebook for uh sponsorship for the uh, upcoming pro series to get into the next year's peak uh that was brandon Cantell. 
But uh, the way they did the uh, announcing, it was Steve Letarte with Parker Kligerman. They had Krista Voda doing hosting at the pre-race. But during the call, Krista was sitting out. But it was just Steve with uh, Parker, and then they had Evan. Evan was obviously in Vegas, uh, but they kind of traded off. Evan would do it for a little bit, and then it would go to Steve and Parker, and they would tandem. And they never really kind of mixed with Evan. They kind of was, I don't know, what did you guys think of that? I thought it was nice they let him kind of call the ending, Evan. Yeah. But... I think it worked. I, I think it could have been better. Like I said, if he was there with them, it might have been a whole different dynamic. Yeah, I, I wonder know. I wonder if they practiced any at all. I'm just curious. Right. Or I was thinking even, uh, what if it was just the NBC crew? You know, you have Rick Allen, Dale Jr., you know, Steve Latart, Jeff Burton, you know, the regular crew. I think that would be cool, and I think they could pull it off, even though they don't know the drivers that well. Oh, yeah, but you have Evan Pasoko being the, the voice of it, like, on a regular basis, so you lose that aspect of it. Yeah, they got to get him in, in there with him, then, because I there's just, you know, if he was mixing with the two, the two of them, and they all three were sitting there on the couch, I think it would have been a much better flow, anyway. But they did have camera shots of the four contenders of their face, so you could see them, and they often would show them, you know, during the race. Uh, that was pretty cool. Uh, Keegan was on the pole. Uh, the first run, Keegan got away from the uh, other uh, from the six as the tires wore off. Uh, Bobby was hanging in there in third, uh, and they spaced out as the run wore on. Blake was back in ninth. Uh, they did talk a bit about the guys getting in, into the top 20, uh, the people that are uh, outside looking in, but pretty much during the race focused on the leaders and the championship. Um, they, uh, during commercials, there was a NASCAR non-stop side-by-side where they show a commercial on one side of the screen and you know, the race on the other, uh, just like they do in the real NASCAR race. So I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, branding. Uh, from NASCAR and, you know, was just like they do with the real NASCAR race. It was very uh, copycat. And uh, if the casual viewer probably wouldn't know the difference if it was real or not. What do you guys think about all that? Well, I can tell you, uh, my wife came home while I was watching it. And she thought I was watching a regular NASCAR race. She had no idea that I was eye racing and uh, the championship. I mean, you just, and I'm new, obviously, so I haven't watched a bunch of it yet, but uh, it, it's epic, guys. It looked great. I loved it. On the big screen, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, it was, it, it's amazing. It looked really good. I mean, I'm on a 4K television, 55 inch in the living room, and the quality was very high. I mean, uh, I was very impressed. Uh, let's keep talking about, uh, Blake, uh, ended up pitting on lap 44. It was a short pit Bobby on 48, four later than Keegan and Novak two later. Uh, Bobby ends up cycling, uh, to the lead after the short pit. Uh, Blake also gained spots. Um, Keegan ends up getting the lead after that with a dominant car and better on the older tires. And so it was green there for a while, guys. And then the second run, uh, it was Keegan, Bobby, Luza, and Novak. Uh, Luza was in there, uh, the one guy who's not running for the championship, uh, mixing it up with those guys. Uh, going into the next round, a green flag stops. It was a 2.4-second lead uh, Keegan had, and he looked like he was the car to beat for sure. Um, 
They did go uh, through the field, so to speak, and talk about the first 10. They actually gave a short bio of each driver as they mentioned them, like age and you know what job they have and that kind of thing. Uh, and that was kind of neat uh, to get a little uh, insight to these guys. I think uh, NBC did a good job about that. Yeah, like those in-car shots. Yeah, and then they get to see their face, yeah. Uh, caution, lap 81, uh, 75 got into the 79. Nicholas Shelton got spun. Uh, it was kind of hard to tell on the cautions, guys. Uh, we didn't get a lot of great replays, I noticed. No, especially the <laughs> one that coming up later, and that was that's annoying because, you know, they break down every wreck in the real race. I mean, I know that the caution isn't as long probably, but. So is that a matter of what? NBC is given from race spot. I mean, I think in the future, if they were to expand on this rate, NBC would have their own computers and they have their own editors, you know, looking at these wrecks and getting them ready for a replay, you know, no, race spot usually does a good job of showing the wrecks like live. Yeah. I don't know what happened. It just seemed like there were some cautions that I really didn't know exactly everything that happened, you know? Uh, so anyway, uh, the race off pit road, Keegan, then Luza, then Novak. Uh, there was great racing on the restarts. Uh, it, uh, you know, it was like pack racing almost. Um, then caution on lap 90. Garrett Lowe got turned. Ryan Lowe piled in big time. It was a big, big hit too. Pit again. Keegan gets off first. Uh, he has that first pit box advantage uh, over Lusa. But a wild restart. M Jimmy Mullis takes the lead. And again, a huge pack racing. Jimmy Mullis was doing some... Clever blocking uh, as well, um, I noticed. Uh, from the from the lead, like the, the top lane would get a run, and he would go up there and get in front of it, and then the bottom lane would be coming, and he would drop to the bottom. And it was very exciting for, what, three laps or so? Yeah, it was super awesome. And uh, kind of very reminiscent of real NASCAR and kind of how that package has been playing out this year, right? I mean, I agree. I I, I'm not kidding you. When I when we started this podcast and I said my heart was still pounding, I mean, it was, you know, Novak and Leahy going for that. It just, I, I can't imagine I, the nerves and everything that goes into that, you know, all the prep work, all the hours of, of practice and the whole season. And it was just insane. And so during that restart or, or that shuffle, uh, Keegan was uh, shuffled clear back to sixth. And uh, I was like, oh no, dirty air, but. You know, he's got a good long-run car, so lap 105, Mullis. It was Mullis, then Novak. Blake was fifth. Keegan was sixth, and then Bobby Zielinski seventh. Uh, they did get spread out a bit with 35 to go. And then with 20 to go, uh, Keegan started moving forward on the older tires, but it didn't look like he had enough to get there. Uh, it looked like Zach had it locked up. He's running second to Mullis. And then finally, a caution, lap 121. Kane Cook and Michael Conti get together. Uh, the replay I saw, it showed Brad Davies looked like he had almost stopped coming out of the corner, and these uh, two guys piled right into him. Uh, they said there were a dozen cars involved, but that's the only thing I saw. Yeah, they showed three. Is that what you saw, just the what I described? Yeah, I don't know what, what happened to Davies, because he looked like he had locked the brakes down coming out of turn four. Like, I don't know why. There was nobody in front of him that I saw, but... Right, there must have been a wreck in front of him, and that's what we didn't see, and that must be why he was slowing, but I don't know. 
But yeah, that was a little bit of sloppiness that we couldn't see what actually happened to all dozen cars. All, all they needed to do is show a wide shot, you know, um, of the pileup. But anyway, uh, Mullis uh, pull, overshoots his pit. I mean, what a mistake. Uh, so Zach gets off first, then Luza, then Keegan, then Bobby was fifth, and Blake was back to 13th. I, I'm not sure what happened to him. They didn't cover it. Uh, 15 to go for the restart. Uh, Keegan and Novak were side by side for the lead, guys. And this is what you were talking about, Adam. Uh, pound, you know, it was exciting. I mean, they're not only racing for the lead of the race at the end of the race, but they're racing for the championship, too, and all the money and everything. Yeah, man, it was like the real deal. You know, you, you couldn't script it any better. You know, when we get to Homestead every year in the uh, real world where, you know, that's the kind of finish we want to see and we got to see it. And Novak and Leahy were just grinding it out, you know, and they were they were racing smart. They raced each other clean and it was just an epic finish. I, I, I don't know, I thought Leahy might was going to pull it off there for a second, but not quite. Well, Luza was lurking there. Bobby was in fourth. Uh, uh, Keegan finally cleared uh, with a great move to the inside, and they were kind of doing, uh, you know, I'm on the outside, I'm, I'm going to move to the inside and switch places with you, um, that kind of thing. Uh, the, with 10 to go, Keegan and Novak were kind of pulled away from the others a bit. Uh, they were in a, a cockpit view of with Zach Novak as he took the lead there from Keegan, uh, in a switchover move like that, um, Keegan did fight back with another one crossover, and they were literally side by side, six to go. Uh, then Zach ended up uh, with the lead as they were coming to three to go. Uh, Keegan was right on him though as they were through the last lap, and then uh, waited till you know turn three on the last lap. He dives into the bottom, you know, kind of a dive bomb. It gets side by side with him. But raced him clean and stayed off of him. and uh, But Zach got it done on the outside. He had the momentum. and uh, But, uh, boy, it was a clean race uh, as far as that, uh, the championship guys and the lead. Uh, man, I kind of thought Keegan was going to do that. But he, he, it's not his style to, to kind of rub the guy. And uh, he raced him clean. Yeah, I was wondering if there'd be a little bump and run too. But, I, you know, it, it's cool that he didn't do it. And... Uh, you know, he did dive down in there, and I, I think he just needed uh, – the long run didn't play into his hands all that well, I don't think. Cautions didn't. If it was a long run, he had that one probably. Well, he needed the caution to get there, though. So I, I just find it interesting that his car – I mean, we, we've all had this. His car fell off just at the wrong time. Yeah. Well, that yeah. one re crazy restart, he got shuffled back quite a bit. That's what lost it for him, I think. But no, he had a chance. His his, his setup fell off, and Novak stayed just another lap too long. Yeah, yeah, I think he was in it to win it too. The car, like you say, it just fell off a little bit, you know, for him there at the end. Because it probably comes back, like it like like it was in the long run. You know, it comes back, but he has to have it fall off at the beginning a little bit more. And he, I don't know, you can change that on the fly. You definitely want to be setups. leading at the end, right? Or at the last lap, you want to be in the lead, it looked like. Yeah, it looks like you have to have a couple laps to pass. But uh, Zach Novak in the Roush Fenway 6 uh, gets it done. Uh, they show him on screen at the checker flag. Uh, very emotional 17-year-old uh, 
uh, gets it done. His family comes in the room. His mom is there hugging on his, his neck and, uh, you know, he's sobbing a little bit. It's, it's, uh, uh, very uh, heart wrenching kind of to watch, uh, boy, this kid, uh, you know, realized his dream. Pretty cool. I mean, it's amazing. A 17 year old has won it. Oh yeah. yeah. And they, they seem to be talking about the ignite series all the time, but we couldn't get any information out of iRacing on the ignite series this year. Yeah. Yeah, I was impressed with, uh, you know, Zach. And like you said, the the emotion on his face and his family coming in and the tears. I mean, heck, I almost teared up for him, you know. And the the pressure of not only winning, but the $40,000. And, you know, look, I, I'm a rookie. I don't do anything. And I was stressed today in this Talladega race, right? You know, and it's it's for nothing. And so I, I just can't imagine the pressure that those guys felt today. And they they were all in. They raced awesome. They were professional. They were clean. It was it was just great to watch. Yeah. Overall, the field did good. Not having a wreck fest kind of thing, um, pretty much. Um, but it, it was good. I mean, I I was very impressed, like you said, with Zach and uh, man, it's uh, very impressive that he got it done. Yes, sir. I uh, I'm uh, proud of all of them. They did a great job. Yeah, and then uh, they had a little post-race as we started the recording and uh, had interviews with Zach. I missed that, but uh, we did send him a message. Hopefully, he'll jump on if he's available. Uh, but we did uh, hit him up and uh, tell him to come by and say hi. Yeah, it'd be awesome. I'd love to hear what he has to say. I, I haven't got to uh, watch the post-race yet either. I've got it recorded. I'm very curious to hear what Zach has to say. Yeah, huge thanks to NASCAR and NBC. I think NBC really hit it out of the park with uh, making sure we had uh, cameras on these guys because that emotion and, you know, getting to see a face, uh, you know, put a face with a name kind of thing. But seeing the emotion of it really makes the racing real, you know. Um, seeing it on, on NBC makes it real, and it is real. Um, you know, a lot of people say, you know, it's a game and blah, 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 and, but it is real racing, and uh, you can tell, man, and, and it, it mimics the NASCAR product. Uh, we were talking on the chat with uh, teammate Justin Laird, and he's saying this is better than NASCAR, and he's actually right. It is. Heavy drama. That was pretty cool. That's what you were saying, Mason. Drama. Yes, sir. So, All right. Let sorry, I just wanted to chime in there right at the very end here. So... I didn't get to watch any of this broadcast. I'm really bummed out, especially after you guys are describing all this, and I'm kind of listening and hearing it all for the first time. Um, it's just simply not available to me. Um, I did, however, get to catch the race um, listening to Evan on the on the iRacing uh, live channel on YouTube. Um, you know, I got to see most of what you guys saw. Like race-wise, I mean, those those last ten laps were just absolutely amazing. Um, so much fun to watch those guys battled so hard, so clean. It was just, uh, just simply great racing. Um, but I'm super bummed that I had to, to miss out on, on the after race stuff there. And, uh, oh, maybe, uh, maybe they, they, they got to get it up here in Canada or maybe it's, uh, it just wasn't available to me at all. I couldn't even buy the channel if, if it was, um, if I had seen it in my, in my guide. So kind of a bummer there, but. Yeah, that's an inter interesting take on it. You know, we got people from all over the world that are on iRacing. I'm sure people that wanted to watch it. So, you know, hopefully uh, 
they'll NBC will get better with all that and getting the product out there so everybody has a chance and the opportunity to watch. I would guess you'll be able to find it after the fact on YouTube or social media or somewhere. Yeah, I would imagine so. I even went so far as to try and download the app, but I can't even download it. It's it's not available to to Canadians. So, uh-huh. uh yeah, as it's kind of boned in that way. But um, you know, Evan he always does a nice job um, calling the race and stuff. So I was uh, I was still entertained and still got to see a great race. Um, just would have loved to see the 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 actual broadcast of it. Yeah. All right, let's keep moving. We got Rallycross, Mason. Well, actually, we got uh, we had uh, Gfinity Supercars ran this past week at Mount Panorama, I believe. And, oh yeah. And shocker, Josh Rogers won. Um, so that's the the V8 Supercars there. But then in the uh, Rallycross uh, World Championship, I believe presented by Thrustmaster, um, we had Sammy Maddie Trogan defeating uh, defending series champion Mitchell DeYoung. And uh, Trogan, I guess, is a real-world Rallycross 2 driver. And uh, they said there was lots of beating and banging in the in the first race here at Atlanta. Um, but most people run in Subarus, so that seems to be the most popular car. And Subaru is hosting a, a team as well, I believe. So there. Tro- Trogan's from uh, yeah. Finland, and he got uh, in on a wild card. He didn't race to get in like everyone else did. They, they kind of granted him in because he's a real driver. Oh, well, it's good to have a real driver in here. And shocker, a Finland uh, person is good at rally cross racing. <laughs> uh, there was a kind of a, I, I, I saw this, and there was a um, pileup, so to speak, on lap one in the first jump. And, uh, and some people got through and others didn't. But uh, Trogan was in front of all that, and so he kind of broke away. And there was no catching him. He's fast, so. These races are won in the first lap. Once they spread out, uh, it, people don't make mistakes, and then you know it's just race to the end. One wrong jump, and it's all over. Or yeah, go off that kind of thing. <laughs> oh yeah. All right, we got uh, we got USAC World Championships as well. They were at Eldora this week in the uh, wingless sprints there, and boy, these cars look like a handful. I don't know. I don't think I could drive them, but. Uh, the, the top side was rolling, the dirt was spraying everywhere, and uh, another win by David Heilman. Yeah, I didn't get to watch this one, but uh, not surprised. Heilman uh, uh, seems to be pulling away in the points. All right, next up is uh, we had the Season 4 Patch 2 Hotfix number 1 on October 7th. Uh, they adjusted the opponent vehicle extrapolation algorithm for when the sim is using a high amount of CPU. This change should fix an issue where cars may appear to be blinking all over the place in high CPU demand cases. Uh, anything else uh, you guys excited about in the release notes? That's pretty much it. They did some light fixes at Homestead and uh, Daytona. I think that was in preparation for the peak race. They were trying to clean it up. All right, uh, let's talk uh, Petit Lama. Yeah, we got uh, some stats here on Petit Lama. Um, the Rob Crouch iRacer from Australia, New Zealand, um, has has done this before, I believe, because these graphs look familiar. But he has some awesome graphs here that, that are worth checking out. They're separated by GT3 cars, uh, the, the uh, C7 prototype, um, and he also has Bathurst 1000 stats. 
Um, so a couple of things. We had 766 drivers run the, the Corvette prototype, um, whereas, let's see, we also had 766 drivers run the GT3. So that's an interesting uh, a stat there. 18 uh, splits. Wow. Yeah. I had, no idea that the, I had no idea this event was that popular. Yeah, I didn't know. Either. I didn't get to run it, and I'm not a fan of the track. It's, it's a hard one. He's got some great stats, though. I mean, so, as you scroll down, there's all kinds of stuff. Uh, he breaks it down by split and, uh, you know, what kind of I rating everybody has within the split. And then he has the fastest race laps out of everybody, like a 117.26 by Marino Sirica. It was the fastest driver who had the fastest lap. They have the largest I-rating gain. Uh, they have most positions gained. Uh, drivers who did the most laps. I mean, it just goes on and on. And uh, three different teams won the three different events. Um, and the... Petit Le Mans, um, there was 0.1 incidents per lap. And then the, the Bathurst 1000, there was 0 0.0 in the top splits. That's just crazy. Yeah, yeah so he's got the Bathurst uh, uh, stats as well. I haven't even looked at those yet. Yeah, very cool stuff. He, he does a good job with that. I want him to do some NIS stats. I think that'll be fun. But uh, I asked him, but he hasn't done it. Tony, tell us about Ty Majeski. Well, your uh, your boy there got her done again, and uh, he did it this time at the uh, Lacrosse Fairgrounds Speedway, the Oktoberfest 200. Um, he started out in uh, P11 for the 200 lap feature, made quick work of the field, and was leading. Well, there's about 133 to go. Uh, some point throughout the race, he he lost the lead, but um, got it back with. Uh, nine laps left in the race and uh carried it right to the finish yep with the i racing colors he, uh, they're still sponsoring him out there good job all right next up uh, we got the v7 tire adjustments in the season four patch two. Oh, this is the one uh, shane was telling us about on the on the messenger thread we were actually going to wait till shane was with us to talk about it but i'll mention it since i uh brought it up but basically, uh, there's a forum thread uh, where there were some issues before the patch, uh, with super cold, slip angle silliness, and super heating. Uh, fundamental direction change post-patch, uh, basically it uh, can't be overdriven now. Uh, what it will mean for the oval when finally installed, uh, they mentioned slip angle things and absence from the K&N car. Uh, do you know what all this means, uh, Mason? Any ideas what I'm talking about? Um, so... Not really, <laughs> but but basically, um, I, I ran the K and N car at Texas, and it just feels like you can run that thing way sideways uh, that that you couldn't do before, um, which is is cool, but uh, but it looks like they're taking that away, right? Yeah, that's kind of the way I read it. Yeah, and even the F three car, like I felt like I could just hang it out on the edge. And the, the people that could hang out the most were the fastest. Okay. I haven't really uh, tried this V7 tire, so I can't really uh, be, you know, opinionate about it. I mean, what what we don't want out of the tire is more of the same. We want it to be able to fall off, because when it falls off, it creates racing, right? Yep. 
So I'm the newbie, and maybe this will answer for uh, some of the other listeners. This is something that we're going to be getting soon for the, at least on the NASCAR side. Soon. <laughs> well, they've been working on this tire model for years is really the answer. Uh, and it could be years to come. Um, you know, it's hard to say when they're going to put it out there. They put it out on a few cars so far, the Corvette and the Skippy and the f3 and the oval car is the k and n car so we hope it'll be out for the nascar cars like the a b and c but uh we have no idea when they're going to do it but it, it's still a work in progress obviously well it sounds super cool i'll be excited to see how it all works out yeah we'll talk again when we get uh shane on he had some thoughts on the tire and he he wasn't a fan of the changes and had to do with the tire warmers or something like that all right, next up, uh, we saw a video on YouTube about the Porsche eSport days at the Frankfurt Auto Show. So the Frankfurt Germany Auto Show is like the largest in the world. It's a huge uh, event. And Porsche has built a huge stage and brought in six of the uh, Porsche eSport uh, drivers, including uh, champion Josh Rogers and others, uh, Max Beneke and so forth. And uh, had them uh, put up, a, you know, a demonstration race, so to speak. And there's big screens where the crowd can watch it. They have the six cockpits all lined up where they uh, can race on. And uh, the, the people in the auto show can watch the event. It's kind of neat video. Uh, they do some interviews with the drivers, but the audio doesn't work very well. Um, but Mitchell DeJong was there and uh, Josh Rogers, Max, as I mentioned. And uh, pretty cool to... See those guys. All right, uh, Mason, NASCAR.com gave us a top five moments from the Peak Series uh, as part of the buildup here. Yep, we got a a quick rundown here. The fifth one was Bobby Zelensky advancing to Championship 4 with the clutch win at the Roval. And this is all on NASCAR.com's media. They have a a, a YouTube clip as well as an article here. also, we had Blake Reynolds making the impossible save at Vegas, Eric J. Smith, the unlikely winner at Auto Club, wild finish at Talladega, and the final transfer spot battle at the Roval between Blake Reynolds and Garrett Lowe. So uh, it's very cool to see um, NASCAR.com um, putting up some, some promos for iRacing and, uh, and the cool events that they've been featuring this season in the Peak Series. Yeah. They're doing a great job with the Peak Series and uh, promotion today. Um, throughout the race on NBC, uh, they were tweet, you know, twittering out and doing Facebook posts and and uh, putting up little clips of what happened and stuff. Uh, so yeah, they were all over it. Hey, I don't have uh, or I haven't looked into Blake Reynolds at all, but is he related to Larry Reynolds at all? I don't think so, but he was one of the four running for the championship. All right, Tony, tell us uh, Steve Phelps uh, uh, talks about iRacing. Yeah, so I was listening to the uh, NASCAR America podcast, and, um, well, they had a phone interview with uh, NASCAR president Steve Phelps, and he was uh, talking about the excitement of e-NASCAR and all that it'll do for the fan base and the sport. Um he, uh, he goes on to give a brief rundown on the Ignite series and, and how that works. And he finishes the segment off by talking about the Peak series and the NBC broadcast of the final race. 
Um, the uh, the inflection in his voice was was the best part. I mean, he he genuinely sounds you know super excited and you know for good reason and stuff. Um, but it was certainly some good uh, um, advertisement for for iRacing and the and the Peak series. Um, having him uh, talk about it and basically promote. Yeah, how many uh, thousands, tens of thousands of NASCAR fans listen to that podcast, you know, and the, and the, you know, it really gets it out there, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, you got the, like, he's, he's the man of NASCAR, you know, and talking about all this stuff, people are, are certainly listening, and um, hopefully that helped, uh, brings a bunch of new viewers to that, to that race, and it'll help give us more of these races uh, next year. I don't know. I think more people listen to the iRacers Launch podcast than the NASCAR America one. <laughs> well, maybe. Well, let's talk about another podcast, the Dale Jr. Download, uh, North Wilkesboro update again. Uh, again, uh, they say this thing is a definitely a go. They got a rough date uh, of them being about a month or so out of being able to start. Uh, Dale was talking about capturing content on the uh, cleaning up the event, you know, like social media content. You know, I'm sure Dirty Mo Media is going to film it and that kind of thing. That'll be cool. Yes, more, it is more ex- Yeah, and like more excitement when when Dale talks about this stuff, man. He is just jacked right up. He is he is just good to go, ready to go. Um, he. He also gave like a you know a list of names that he's already got recruited to help him do this thing. Um, I don't remember them offhand. I should have wrote them down, but I didn't. But uh, um, I really enjoy that. It's almost like a weekly segment on his podcast now. And yeah, it's just a, a, a weekly kind of, update. Yep. Yeah, yeah, and I re- I really look forward to it every every week that I I tune into it. Well, he spent he's become such a historian on the sport. Um, he, he really loves the history of the sport. He spends money collecting things, especially about his dad and, you know, rebuilding old race cars and buying old uniforms and helmets. And, and he's really keen on saving the, you know, what this track was, at least the spirit of it. It'll be fun to race. I I will definitely purchase it when they uh, scan it. So, all right. Uh, Mason, we had a post on, do they need different A main links? And Nick Neven um, put up a post asking if it would be a thing to to let us run different A main lengths. So, for example, at Eldora, in the uh, late models, you could do between 40 to 100 laps. Um, and then another track, you could do, you know, 40 to 60 laps or something, um, basically based on the track instead of just having the A main length be the same for each racetrack. Um, and he wants that especially if cautions stop counting, because currently the caution laps count, and it ticks off very quickly. So um, iRacing staff Tyler Hudson said, in official seasons, the heat definition is set at the season level, not the weekly level. So therefore, it is not possible at the moment to set different heat settings on a weekly basis. So no, they can't do it. Um, because they have to like set up a season at a time they can't set up a week at a time um, but they are looking at not having caution laps count which is a very positive thing for the dirt community um, and they've been asking for that a lot for a while but uh, they've also been saying that dirt gets put on the back burner 
and those comments are exhausting, so stop it. Okay. So do you think this is something that, uh, you know, you can see getting it uh, pushed out by the December update? Sounds like they're working on the not counting the caution thing. Yes. It says it has moved forward a lot in the last few weeks. So maybe. But uh, but they definitely want to do it. All right. Very good. Uh, let's keep moving. Tony, a sneaky screenshot. Yeah. Um, this was... Uh, kind of a a neat little um read uh we had a couple of staff members help trying to help uh, an iRacer figure out why he couldn't um get into any of the races that just weren't letting him in and uh you know they're kind of going back and forth and um asking for screenshots and giving some screenshots and um one of the staff members posted up a screenshot and gave us a little extra info that all of us um users aren't able to see and that would be a total member count and it looks like we're sitting just a little over the 95,000 members yeah that's pretty cool you know at the bottom of the website where you see on the right it says your how many racers you have friends online and then it says how many i racers are online then how many laps you know two billion laps have been turned well he's got another one that we can't see and it, like you said, shows how many members they have. So also pretty has cool. the Alpha Forum tab up there. Alpha Forums. Yep. I kind of forgot about new forums, but I guess they're coming too, huh? Looks like it. So I'd love to see a screenshot of that, though. But he has it in another tab. Well, we might, might have to start a new topic uh, to get him to sneak us a screenshot of that. All right, let's talk about Mason, the Pro Series, which is coming up to figure out who's going to be in peak next year. Uh, tell us what's going on there. Yeah, so remember we had uh, the Road to Pro Series. They, uh, iRacers from all over the sim, participated in the trucks, and that was a 12-race season, I believe, or at least 12-counted weeks. Um, but now we're into the Pro Series starting soon. I'm not sure exactly the day, but uh, someone was asking if iRacing plans to broadcast it, and iRacing says no. Um, but Jordan Worth of Bottom Split Racing, uh, which is a, a fun little Twitch channel that you should check out, um, they are going to broadcast it, which is awesome, and they always provide some good commentary. And breaking news, as of after this race, I saw on Facebook, um, Ray Alfala's team posted up that he did not make the cut, so he will be in the Pro Series. Yeah. Yeah, that's one thing that they had a little trouble covering on the NBC broadcast is that cut at the 20th spot. Um, I think they talked about it once, but there was no visibility to who made it or who didn't. Yeah, it's, uh, so the channel is twitch.tv slash bottoms. Okay, uh, next is hardware software. I got the first one, R-Seat. Uh, releases a new uh, cockpit uh, on the high end, guys. Uh, they call it the N1. It's in stock, and it's only $36,000. It is a motion rig, obviously, with D-Box. It's got 6-inch lift. At 100 millimeter per second, uh, speaker mounts, butt kicker mounts. It's their traditional RC cockpit, but with D-Box. 
Uh, boy, what do you, and it's white. Uh, I love the white. What do you guys think of this? I think uh, Novak just won $40,000, so he could go buy it. <laughs> That's true. Uh, with tax, uh, you might cover it. Sounds cool. Yeah. Sounds uh, better than uh, the uh, computer seat I was using. Yeah, it looks like a kind of futuristic design, so I'd be curious to see uh, how it works with, I mean, I'm sure it works with the direct drive, but uh, I've never been in one. I mean, yeah. That's some pretty thick tubing that they're using um, in the construction of this. It's oh, a tubular, yeah. Yeah, so I imagine it would handle the direct drive. I, <laughs> if if you're spending thirty grand on a <laughs> on a rig, it better be able to handle direct drive. I mean, it looks slick. It looks, um, it it looks nice. But wow, that price tag that is just absolutely insane. It's it's too much. That's the thing. I mean. Th- you can get so much for much less. You know what I mean? Like that thing I saw a couple of weeks ago, the next level racing where the front and the rear slide, you know, independent of each other. That's better than this, I think. Because all this does is go up and down on each corner. Hey, Tony, did you see how much that is in Canadian dollars? Yeah, it's like $3 million. <laughs> 46000 <laughs> That is pretty crazy, uh, but yeah, our seat, they have all kinds of cockpits, but uh, on different uh, price ranges, but boy, that uh, really takes it to the top, doesn't it? Hey, I'll test it out for them if they want to send me one. Yeah, they got their uh, RS1, which is a non-motion version, uh, around 900 bucks, you know, so uh, with seat. All right, let's keep going. Tony, Fanatec DD inline blower mounts. Yeah, so uh, Brad Pugmire, and if I butcher his name, I apologize. Um, he threw up a post on the on the forums uh, with some pictures of um, some mounts that he made for his uh, direct drive to be able to, to mount some inline blowers to have some wind simulation happening. Um, they're pretty beefy. Uh, mounts i don't think they're gonna go anywhere that's for darn sure um they look clean look slick and look like he's done a nice job he said he's uh got to figure out the electrical part of things but um once he gets over that hurdle uh i think he's gonna be very happy with his creation man those blowers are something else they're like uh, heavy duty aren't they Oh, yeah, yeah, it's like they're bolted right to the side of that Fanatec, whatever, direct drive, whichever one it is. They almost kind of look like a plain turbine engine. Um, a turbine, yeah, that's what it looks yeah. like to me, like a turbine. I imagine they, they blow some blow some air around at a pretty decent rate. Yeah, pretty cool idea, and you could mount right to the side of the DD-1 there. Pretty cool. All right, let's keep going. Uh, Mason, find parts for your 80-20 rig. Yeah, if you're the the do-it-yourselfer, or if your uh, your rig breaks something for some reason, um, there is eighty twenty eight zero two zero dot net, and they have uh, aluminum you can buy the forty-five series channel, I believe, is what most of us use for our rigs. Um, but uh, they have their aluminum there, and you can that's where you can get it if you're interested in building your own rigs. So there's plenty of designs out there we've covered. Um, that you can do it yourself, and uh, if you need to buy any of your hardware, um, there's a website called tnuts.com, um, and nuts is spelled with a Z, 
Um, so that's where you can get all your hardware for your uh, for your 8020. All the bolts, they both come in Imperial and metric because you can never find the metric size in the United States that you need. Very good. And Chris Scales said it's only uh, two hours away from his house. Uh, they're somewhere near where he lives. All right, Tony, tell us about Rickmotech MX-5 wheels. Yeah, Rickmotech uh, threw up a post on their Facebook page um, of a couple of MX-5 uh, wheels. And uh, one's a, a newer one and one's an older one. And they were just asking all their followers which one they prefer. Um, and I guess if I got to throw out an opinion here, I kind of like the old one better than the newer one. I just, I, I like the, uh, the two orange stripes at the bottom. Um, if they could have the, uh, the Mazda from the new one put on the old wheel, um, kind of like that styling a little better, but, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to put my vote to the older one. The, the one on the left, the, the Mazda's offset. It kind of throws off my OCD. Yeah, the, I guess I the other agree. one, everything's equal, you know. Yeah, a little bit more symmetry happening in the. Um, I think maybe that's what's throwing me off with the with the newer one as well. Though I do like the uh, the orange tape right in the middle um, on that newer one. Um, yeah, yeah, I still go with the old one. Yeah, Rick Botech, they're out of Miami, Florida, and they do sell these wheels, and they sell all kinds of. Uh, they have the Max Pappas wheels and all that too, so they're a good source to get wheels, guys. Now, Justin's been to Rick Motec for some of their open houses, has, yep. has he not? Yeah, I thought so. That'd be kind of He cool. bought one of their rigs, uh, so he's got a Rick Motec uh, cockpit. Oh, I missed that. That's awesome. Yeah, he bought it there from them and uh, didn't have to get it shipped or anything. All right, next up, uh, YouTube video. Uh, how to make a custom Fanatec wheel. I came across this 34-minute video of this guy who uh, bought an old uh, Fanatec formula-style wheel off eBay and decided to basically rebuild it and uh, refurbish it, I guess you could say. Takes it all apart, shows uh, exactly what he does, and then basically, uh, you know, covers it, puts on fresh buttons, he puts carbon fiber over it, uh, you know, it gives it a whole fresh look. The end product is pretty good. Uh, uh, I was impressed with uh, the buttons that he put on there. They look solid. And uh, this guy, his uh, YouTube channel is called A-N Ordinary Sim Racer. All one word. An Ordinary Sim Racer. And so I don't know if he's doing this as a business or he just did it as a one-off or what. But if... Uh, you guys are into you know taking your wheels apart and making them better you might get some good ideas here even got some graphics on there <laughs> this guy's uh medical stuff is just awesome it's it's almost like he's got yellow duct tape wrapped around some uh paper towel on his finger if that's the case man i gotta throw a big thumbs up to him very good all right uh mason rs simulation yeah, this is uh, this looks expensive because there's no price tag. <laughs> so what it is, RS Simulations is a company that uh, makes seems like custom um, simulators, but they have a Sector One uh, simulator that they're kind of pre-ordering. They're up for pre-order. Um, it says closing the gap between simulation and reality. 
refine your lines. So um, this is kind of kind of seems like a foray into the less custom world for them. Um, it's a tubular frame again. Looks like it has the the D box style, you know, corner, D box, yeah, yeah, corner motion on there. Um, it's got uh, a separate monitor stand made out of that same tubing for triples. Um, look like huge TV st- size monitors. Um, and but you can still customize it with your steering wheel, your seat, um, what uh, pedal and screen size you want. So essentially custom sims is what the sector one rs simulations rig is i love the triple monitor mount that you see in these pictures i mean it looks solid oh yeah that's not going anywhere they also do those this is the company that does those like uh, half of an indy car half of an f1 car with a big wraparound screen yep. all the way to the floor so it's the same company that you know, I mean, you know it's going to be good you know it's going to be exceptionally expensive but rssimmonaco.net check it out it's pretty cool tony tell us about an email about simicube 2 batch 7 yeah uh well it's the easiest way to put this is batch 7 orders are open um i guess uh, batch 7 is the last batch for this year of 2019 um so if you want one for uh, the holiday season, you got to get your order in. Um, they plan to close the orders sometime from November 1st to November 7th. Um, so I guess that's that's it. You don't have much time to get it. Just a few weeks now um, if you want that Simicube 2. Yeah, that's the Nor- Derek Spears Designs. That's the North America distributor. Uh, I don't know if you order it directly from Simicube in Europe, if it's a different situation, but uh, but yeah, if you're North America, you need to be ordering it from Derek. But the SC2 uh, wheel is, you know, people are saying that's the best one out there. All right, next up, uh, I saw on Facebook a post from HM Engineering. Uh, they posted on a, a sim racing group a uh crazy i don't know if we've seen this before tony you might recognize remember or not but mason i think you said we might have seen this before but it's an acrylic cockpit the cockpit is made out of acrylic and you can see through it i'm pretty sure sorry mike i'm pretty sure we haven't covered this um i i certainly would remember something as uh um something like this uh boy it I don't think I expected this when I first saw it. I was just like, uh, I never even dreamed you could bake a sim cockpit out of acrylic. I certainly like the idea of this. I mean, it's it's new, it's interesting, it's um, and most definitely different. Um, but visually, I really don't care for it because you see every every hole, every. Uh, it's just too much going on. And the adjustability is limited. Yeah. But it, it still it, looks cool. It looks really thick, like, because it has a triple monitor mount. You know, it looks like it could handle that. Yeah, and I was reading through the comments on this, and uh, a lot of commenters were concerned about flex and that kind of thing, or squeaking. Would it squeak? 
you know, because it's a, an acrylic. If there's, you know, if you have a direct drive on it and it's flexing or something, the the guy who was selling it or whatever, he said, no, there's no flex, there's no noise, it's solid as can be. I and, I I would like to see a picture of this thing like completely set up with all the monitors, the wheel, the pedals, the like it ready to to race, and it might change uh, the look for me, anyways. Um, but I do like the idea of this. This is kind of cool. Price is U.S. dollars one thousand sixty, uh, seat not included, and it's a triple screen full package. It says parts are sold separately, so I don't know if that means like the hardware you bolt it together with. But uh, yeah, if you want to see it, go to Facebook and search HM Engine is the name of the page. Yeah, I was just looking uh, on their on bsimracing.com at it and it's pretty wild man i i don't know what to make of that uh, it's a lot of money uh, to kind of invest in something that i think is unproven like you said let's see all the hardware on it see somebody run it you know let's see a video <laughs> all right mason crimson simulations yeah crimson simulations facebook uh, has a post up from a sim enthusiast home setup he says this is probably the most comprehensive wheel collection they've ever seen, and I would have to agree. There are, I counted them, there are 50 wheels, like rims, um, some fan attack, some like uh, probably turn 8 simulation, something like that, some one that looks like the Aston Martin do it yourself, one that we just saw. Um, he's got the D box motion rig. He's got, uh, which is, looks like 80 20 rig. Uh, he's got a massive uh, handbrake in the corner. He's got two sets of pedals that look, at least one of them looks like they're hydraulic. Um, he's got a triple monitor set up, huge computer there. He's got real, looks like IndyCar F1 tires sitting there, real helmet. I mean, this guy's got too much money. He's the guy that is buying everything that we're talking about on this section. 50 rims. Okay, really? 50? Enthusiast is a bit of an understatement. Um, if there's like a, an AA for uh, racing sim, uh, I think this guy needs to join. Uh, that is one a hell of a collection. I think it's all of them. I mean, I don't know that we've, if there is 50. I mean, obviously there are. He's got, the all these wheels are different. There aren't different, they're not any that are duplicates, so to speak. As you look at them, they they all have you know some difference to them, but uh, I think he probably just buys every single one of them he can find. That's the only way he's got this kind of collection. Different rims for different cars to a new level. Big time. And I don't like it. Even even he has all of the versions of the F1 rim from Fanatec, like the red one, the silver one, and the yellow one. So how do you think this guy sorts through his wheels? Does he have like a like a shelving system? It's all numbered and then it's itemized in a in a book, so he can be like, okay, I'm racing this car. Oh, I need wheel 37. Right. <laughs> like, how do you even keep track of it? Well, by the time he gets it out, the race is over. Uh, okay, that is a little overkill. Next That's up, yeah, I just it's just it's wild. <laughs> I think we've seen a, a picture like that before, but I don't think it was 50. I think it was like 20 or something. But All right, next up I found uh, AZ Racing Simulator Racing Seat. 
And uh, it's on eBay.com is where this guy is selling it. Um, it's $1,099 um, and free shipping, it says. But uh, this is, the, from what I understand, a Chinese company. And uh, I don't know if they sell it on a Chinese website. I don't have access to, but uh, it's a pretty simple cockpit. It is tubular, um, but I kind of like the... It's a real uh, simple design, I guess you would call it. It's not a lot of tubes. It's one continuous tube that's bent a certain way. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, sorry, Mason. I was just going to say, it's kind of like your, your minimalist... Uh, minimalist, yeah. Yeah, that's what type I'm design. Um, if it's a Chinese-made uh, rig, I'd be very concerned at the structure of the metal, what the metal is actually made out of. Um, I've bought many things from China, and uh, the majority of it just does not stand up to at least my type of abuse for things. Um, I would be a little, a little concerned. I think I got a direct drive mounted on there. I mean, I don't yeah. like how that mount is. Um, it looks like the shifter to me. I would totally, eventually push that shifter down that that tube. Yeah, that does look a little yeah. flimsy there. And what's what's going on with the seat on the side? <laughs> it's it all like, like ripped or something. Yeah, is it ripped or is that just like a uh, Photoshop? Because it looks like it's Photoshop, but I don't know. <laughs> it looks like it's got water damage if you zoom in on it. Hold your mouse over it. Yeah, uh, interesting. Uh, selling something with, that kind of looks like that. Um, I don't remember where I, I came across this. I think it was uh, Facebook, but uh, sometimes you're in these closed groups and you can't get links. And so if there's an external link, I'll click it and throw it in here. All right, let's do a rig review next of Sean Gonzalez. Yeah, uh, <laughs> this, is a, this is a pretty damn good rig, I got to say. Um, he's basically built himself a whole roll cage to, to sit in with the, uh, with the window nets and, and the whole nine yards. Um, it's... Boy, if you, yeah, if you want to <laughs> crawl into a roll cage, this is it, huh? Yeah, yeah. I mean, Duke's a hazard it right into the side there. Um, rock and roll. I mean, uh, pedals the wheels like he's he's got himself a, a nice looking dashboard, and I'm just cycling through looking for a a good pitch. Yeah, there it is. There, like, um, yeah, he's done he's done some nice work to this thing. Uh, yeah, like the wheels and pedals are, you know, they're they're good. They're just wheels and pedals. Um, but the the dashboards with his gauges and um, you know just uh, just a few toggle switches like you'd have in a real car. Um, uh, he's he's done a nice job on this thing. Yeah, got a NOS bottle in case you need it. NOS, yeah, I see that. Like, what? What do you need that for? And the cup holder. I mean, the bottle holder. But the window net is like authentic window net. It, ha it says Simpson on it. And he's got the Kernkey seat or Kirky seat, which is an actual racing seat. Did you watch him crawl in? I was just thinking, how do you get in this? You must have to uh, go he's in got from a video. the top. Yeah, from the top. He's got a video up there. Oh, I see the video now. Okay, yeah, he's crawling in the top of it. Oh, look at this guy go. That is awesome. <laughs> look, he's crawling into an Indy car. 
<laughs> he just throws his feet up there, rock and roll, right inside. Yep, this is how we do her. <laughs> I love it. I want to see Mike doing that before every race. <laughs> I'd be claustrophobic, I think. I mean, those window nets, uh, they're on each side of his head, uh, on each side of the seat, like really close. I mean, so the right one is like right against your right side of your head. That's a little weird, isn't it? Well, it's... it looks like, uh, I don't know, uh, like drag car kind of maybe or a, a dirt car. I don't know. That's crazy. All right. Well, that's it for hardware software. Let's go into results. Let's finish up Dover NASCAR iRacing Series Dover Thursday fixed. Uh, Adam and I ran uh, fixed. I got a P26 and I was slow and I was getting freight trained. Um, um, the guys would get underneath me and eventually somebody uh, doored me and got seven minutes damage and it was just a horrible race. But uh, Adam, you got a top 10 P9. Yeah, it was a cool race, and it kind of goes back to what we talked about earlier. It's it's for at where I'm racing right now, surviving the race, I guess, and not getting wrecked. And I got wrecked a lot in that race. As you know, Mike, I was about to X out on damage at the end, and we were on that last lap. And I, I think I was running third or fourth, I don't remember, but one and two wrecked. And I drove right on by. I was going to be in first place. And then the one of those guys mounts off the wall, hit me. And X me right out of the race, dude. So yeah. it was unfortunate, but cool. Yeah, you were running good, and you had a yeah, you were just out of incidents, man. After all the carnage. Yes, sir. Our, all right, and then Friday open. Uh, Jesse wins. All right, Jesse. Uh, he said Brent's rocket set saved him. Uh, saved him. Uh, he had a self spin uh, inside wall slam. Uh, he fight fight back from a lap down. There was two minutes damage, uh, and he went from eighth to first in four laps and pull a big lead in the final lap. So uh, congratulations, uh, Tony Rochette uh, got unnecessary motor damage. He said running great, was fast. He got caught in lap car stupidity and ended up with over 40 minutes required. Doesn't get much more than that. Uh, Sunday open. Some more winners. I can't believe how we're winning, guys. David Hall, who is usually with us, but he's not here tonight. P1. He wins his first ever NIS win. Uh, he said he was a top four car all night. Fastest guy uh, speed and then got caught in a wreck. Uh, second fastest guy hit on the green-white checker. He had already taped up to 50%. Uh, stayed out and got a green, good jump and held the lead. So he uh, stayed out on a green-white checker and won it. So nice to see him uh, break through finally. Uh, Brent, another win for Brent, P1. He qualified P4, 196 laps led. Wow. That's dom out of 200. 196 out of 200, is that right? Yeah. Dominating. He says congrats to David on his first win and Mason and Jesse on the setup work this week. Uh, Tony Rochette, P16, was fast, but not as fast as Brent. Self-spun middle of the race was okay. Sitting up top by the wall, waiting for cars to go by under caution, and some dip just plows right into me. Worst week I've had in a while. Three for three on blown engines. Sunday fixed. Uh, Adam, you and I ran. I got P 
four. <laughs> I was awesome. I ran eight, uh, eight to fourteenth most of the night. I did fade on longer runs. Uh, short runs uh, near the end did help me um, get those spots. Uh, it was a good run for me. P four. Very happy with that. And then Adam, uh, you were running P three. Yeah, Mike. When you brought that up earlier, I. I've raced so much this week, I got confused. So that, yeah, that first raise or that first fix when you talked on Thursday, yeah, I finished ninth. And uh, but the story I told was related to the race. Oh, this one, now. yeah, 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 yeah. I'm racing too much. I'm getting them all confused. But yeah, um, this is the one I was spotting for you, and then you got DQ'd out. Yeah, correct. Yep. So unfortunate, but it was it was fun again. At, you know, at my level and the frustrations that come with it, it was. It was satisfying knowing that it was almost there for the first win, but we'll get through it. All right, and let's move to Talladega. Uh, very excited for Talladega this week. Uh, Tony Rochette run Wednesday fix P11. Got caught up in an early wreck, survived to the end. Adam, you got P3 in your first run at Dega. Yeah, um, I sound like I'm on repeat here, but again, I just rode in the back forever and let all the cautions happen, and maybe 20 to go, I started busting butt to the front, and yeah, finished P3. It was pretty cool. No damage. I, I got lucky, like had zero damage to the car the entire race, so that was cool. That's how you get it done, man. And then Tony, you came back. Uh, tell us about your run. <laughs> Well, my, my finish sucked. Um, P27. Um, that has got to be probably, though, like one of the cleanest and best, you know, near bottom split Talladega races I have ever ran. We were green flag right up to lap 67. That's when we got our first caution. And I think we may have only had about four cautions through that whole race. Um, unfortunately, I was trying to uh, play the same strategy as Adam, and it just did not work out in my favor. Um, that caution happened right in front of me. I woed right up and, and I thought I was going to get around it and just out of the left side, just kind of out of nowhere. Somebody obviously got spun or something that came into the wall. And uh, I just had no speed for the rest of the race. I, I stuck it out, tried to, to grab what I could. But um, as you could tell, like P27, just there was not very many cautions. People stuck around for the whole race. So Usually I can fare out a little better with that kind of thing, but not that time. But good race overall. But you got to do a green flag stop, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. That was my very first green-white checker that I've participated in. Oh, the green-white checker, a, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I had absolutely nothing for it. <laughs> All right. Tony, how long have you been racing, just so I know? Um, That's a good question. Five? Um, two or three years. Three? Yeah, I think three years. I think three years. Nice. Yeah, Talladega's crazy. Uh, you, even riding in the back, you can get in trouble. And I and I, I can tell you, even with that P3 finish in the back, I, I avoided some stuff, but barely. I mean, it's it's a crapshoot the whole race. Yeah, you nailed it. It is what it is. Um, yeah, and just I'm not gonna get all tore up over it. It's <laughs> I finished a lot worse, and I've had a lot worse races, so. Um, I was still able to have fun, even though I, I finished near the back. Okay. And I told David Hall uh, after his first win, uh, you know, he's been knocking on the door for a while. I told him floodgate is open, dude. Floodgates are open. And sure enough, Wednesday open. David wins again his uh, second in a row for NIS starts. He ran top five most of the race, stayed out. 
on all, uh, all last cautions and saved fuel to keep track position. He held off a late charge to win by point zero zero two. It was a photo finish. So good job, David. Keep it going, uh, Mason. You were you put down irritated. Yep, uh, we had two green flag stops, which is unheard of in our racing at Talladega, right? So we had some awesome racing. Um, just rode around for the race, you know, we tried to just save some fuel as we could. Uh, we were coming down. We were going to about to have a third green flag stop because none of us could really make it. Uh, maybe a couple of us could, but we were, we were 20 to go, had a caution. I missed the crap out of that. It was it was a hard wreck for, for a lot of people. Um, and I came out uh, P2 on that, or sorry, P3 on that. And then we got another caution, and I was up to P2 um, for the final green-white checker restart. I was like, oh, man, I'm in the, the best position ever. I'm going to get pushed to lead, drop down. Here we go, win, winner, winner. And uh, coming on the white flag into one, the guy behind me gets shoved down a line, and instead of uh, holding his line or something, he, he turns me. So he apologized, but, you know, at least I saved it. Got it 13th. Could have been worse. Well, you were there. You were in position. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, Jesse got wrecked out. Uh, Shane Chastain got a P6. A good run for Shane. I, I think, is that his best NIS finish? I think it is. All right, and then Thursday Open. Uh, I ran with Tony and Adam and Chris. Uh, Chris Scales got wrecked out early. Uh, I ran P26. Oh, damn. I was very happy, though, with the run, uh, regardless of the finish. It was top split. There were three splits. I was at the car 25 on the top split. There were guys in there uh, that had 7,000 I rating. Um, I ran top five all day. I led some laps. Um, I came. It was green flag the whole race. There were no cautions at all. Um, and so we had several green flag stops. I had to come down for a splash and go at the end like everybody else. And I didn't take tires. And I was a little bit squirrely as I left pit road. And I got over the yellow line like one inch, not even just a just a hair, just just a hair. It just went over that yellow line, and it gave me unsafe pit exit. And I had to pit again, and uh, lost, you know, came, you know, fell out of the top five. I was probably second or third, you know, coming off pit road that time, and and in you know in position to win that freaking race. And so. Uh, Man, I was happy that I was in position to win, and I, you know, had a good run. But I just screwed myself on that final stop. Man, it, it just takes one little error, and that's all it takes. Good run, man. Yeah, that's all it takes—one little screw up. But sounds like you were running good. Yeah, uh, Tony Rochette got a P9. He uh, said he tried staying out of trouble, but people in front couldn't hold a line. He got damaged from a wreck. Uh, lost a little bit of the revs, but uh, couldn't stay with the pack in the long run. So, uh, Adam, you ran. I couldn't hear you. You were having audio problems, but how was your run? Yeah, it was awesome. You know, uh, ran in the back again. Um, we had a couple cautions. You know, so when you run in the back, eventually you got to make that decision to get up in the front pack and, and compete for the win. And so I, after caution two... 
I decided, all right, I'm going to get up front now and start mixing it up a little bit. I should have waited just a little bit longer. I had a guy hook my left rear, spun me around, and so, which it threw the caution. We all pit. Uh, I had 20 seconds of repair. It, actually, maybe 30 seconds. But anyway, um, we get back out on the track. I started in seventh, made my way to fifth. But with just that, I mean, it was just a tiny, tiny bit of damage to that left rear. I couldn't keep up with the top uh, three cars. They just, they drove away from me. Uh, the guy in fourth, I followed him uh, all the way to the finish. And that, that's where I ended P5. Yeah, you really can't win these races if you have any kind of damage. I mean, people are too good. Yeah, and I mean, you guys, you guys have seen it, you know, it. it uh, he barely hooked me and I never did. Go, I should have went back and looked at the replay to see how bad the damage was, but it, it couldn't have been much. All right. Mason, tell us about uh, David's intramural standings from iPitting.com. Yeah. iPitting powers are, uh, our intramural standings and helps us keep track of the points, race results and driver rankings for our team. Um, check them out at iPitting.com. But, uh, NIS open, we got uh, David Hall is still in the lead, and he'll probably keep that lead with the win that he got last night. Um, I'm second, 14 points behind. Tony Richette's third, 28 points behind. And Jesse Gray is uh, 31 points behind fourth. You're 40 points behind in fifth. Uh. NIS fixed. Uh, Bill Hall still leads. Uh, Mike, you're 21 points behind. Brent is 22 points behind. Now, what I was interested in, Division Two NIS Open standings, we were looking at those as well. Uh, Mason, you're you're running pretty good. You're right neck and neck with David Hall. Uh, David is just uh, about 30 points ahead of you right now he in is. seventh. He is, but I think the with the drop weeks that I will do pretty well. Once they kick in? Yes, because uh, I'm looking at the... Uh, uh, eye pitting actually and they factor in drop weeks now they, they need to figure out how to count weeks that you don't race because they're dropping six races currently on eye pitting and not counting one of the weeks that i dropped or that i didn't that i didn't race at all but other than that um i think i'm ahead of yeah so david's seventh your eighth jesse is 14th i'm 19th in points in division two and uh greg i think is on the next page somewhere uh he's yeah 29th all right and with that let's get into final thoughts mason stiver what do you got um well uh one thing first i put a link to uh zach novak's interview from today uh under the peak series race review so check that out we didn't get it until uh, just a little bit ago um also uh, been doing pretty good at dover i hit the wall uh coming out of two literally every race i ran there uh talladega will be what it is um but uh, if anybody's looking for some memory sticks 16 gigabyte memory sticks or sorry eight eight gigabyte memory sticks i have a couple for sale as well as uh my old 24 inch dell triples so hit me up if you're looking for one of those things all right tony groves final thought oh uh what a fun race like i uh mentioned when we were uh when we were talking about the uh results and stuff um man i do i do love those super speedways um 
so much. In fact, I think I just may do another one tomorrow night. And, and <laughs> you know, even to do like uh, one NIS race in a week, I'm gonna I'm gonna do two. I don't even remember the last time I I've done that. So I'm actually really looking forward to it. Um, hoping for uh, a much better result. And um, yeah, we 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 need some more love for. Uh, for Canada from NBC. Um, I, I obviously, I really missed out on a, on a great show, uh, broadcasted by them. But, uh, once again, still had a, had a great time watching, uh, watching the iRacing live stream. All right. I'm glad they put that out there for you guys. Uh, so you had something to watch anyway. All right. And then uh, special guest and new team member, Adam Thompson, final thought. Yeah, man. I just want to say uh, thanks to you, Mike, for uh, getting me all squared away, getting me hooked up. And uh, thanks to all you other guys on my team for helping me out. Thanks for having me on the iRacing Lounge podcast. It was super epic. I hope we can, or you guys can get Zach on. I'd, I'd love to hear what he has to say about everything. And last but not least, um, if you guys want to reach me, um, I'm on Twitter at ATrain571, so it's A and then Train571, all one word. Same thing on Instagram, and then on YouTube, I'm just Adam Thompson. But thank you guys again. I really appreciate it. I'm thinking about running the fixed race here in a few minutes, but we'll see. I probably should not press my luck. I've had a good week. <laughs> well, I'll be running it. Uh, yeah, we're happy to have you. You're welcome back uh, anytime. Uh, my final thoughts, boy, uh, what a peak race, uh, what a great moment uh, in iRacing. This is a watershed moment, I think, um, the first points race on a national broadcast TV, uh, NASCAR and uh, NBC, uh, great job. Uh, Talladega, man, I, I'm excited, I was nervous coming into it. Uh, I had such a good run. I was running with these guys that are four to 7,000 I rating and I'm right at, at three. And, uh, I was kind of intimidated, you know, by running with these guys, but I was able to, and I ran top five all day and I led laps and I was in position to win. If I wouldn't have made that tiny little mistake, man. And, uh, it just shows you how competitive it is and how hard it is. No cautions guys. Qualifying meant everything, and uh, if I hadn't qualified, you know, I would have been lapsed down like a bunch of them were, you know, and a lot of people went lapsed down because there were no cautions. And Anyway, looking forward to the rest of the week, still hoping for a win, and I think I got it in me. So uh, with that, we'll see you on the track. Later. Thank you for listening to the iRacers Lounge Podcast. Make sure to go subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Google Play, Facebook, and Twitter. See you on the track.